Hey, you're listening to uh, FOMO Foundation as per usual, uh, but this one's with Brett Raybould. Brett is a really funny comic that I met maybe two years ago uh, in New York, uh, probably at an open mic. Uh, he was always really nice and sweet and funny, and I've seen that he's doing awesome in terms of being an awesome stand-up, in my opinion. Uh, he just released an hour-long special on his YouTube that you should absolutely check out. Uh, we talk about that special, we talk about Hot Wings, we talk about The Bachelor, and more in this episode. Uh, more is available on my Patreon if you'd like to hear the second half. Excellent. Okay. Seems like we're recording. Awesome. Thank you for coming to the podcast, Brett. Hey, thank you for having me, Sarah. Um... I saw the beginning of your special this morning. It was really funny. I need to continue watching it. End the podcast there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's it. A so. twenty, a twenty-second podcast. I got the one compliment I needed. I'm out. <laughs> Let's just. You said it was funny. What's the point of the rest of this? Thank you for saying that, though. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. The hour specials on YouTube. I launched a channel and I self-published it. I turned yeah. down offers from some distributors um because uh i say own your own work and i say gamble on yourself and in the long arc of my career i think it's gonna pay off i also do think like i can tell the way you shot it was a little it looks like you're referencing like being like an old jazz singer or like somebody from like the 50s like a movie star from the 50s yeah, yeah. the way Sorry. you're dressing and the way you're promoting it is funny to me it's just unique and it stands out in a way a netflix special doesn't um I, I'm proud of how we shot it. So I had, uh, you know, one of my filmmaking friends, I actually worked for free on it. And, uh, you know, he's a massively talented dude who is, shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he thought it was really funny and I'm literally will be forever grateful to him. But the point of shooting it, there's a couple things I wanted to have happen when I shot it. First, I wanted no audience shots. Yeah, I find, or even the audience in shots, I don't like when you can see the crowd in a stand-up special because it's just distracting from the material. Right. Because I noticed even whoever it is, my eyes just wander and they look at, like, they just look at the crowd like, oh, did that person find that funny? Uh, and yeah. I, it's like, just watch the jokes and appreciate them for what you, whether you like them or not. Yeah. And um, the other thing with regards to shooting it is I forget at the moment but it'll probably come back to me in 30 seconds. No, you know who's special I love is like, it'll, I'll never forget it. It's the Maria Bamford one that she does in her like house for her parents only. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, have I've you heard of that. It? No, I have never seen oh, it. It's so fucking funny. She's really one of my favorites forever. Yes, yeah, she, she is. Her parents the on the couch. She has a keyboardist. That's it. <laughs> In the middle of the episode, in the middle of the special, she goes and like gets cookies out of the oven and they're like kind of burnt that's great a full i mean she she's the person who can do that because she's so good at stand-up in a non-traditional way yeah and so her doing these non-traditional forms of filming a special is like it's so like part and parcel of what makes her such a dynamo comic like she's one of the greats i know but you know what's we can just talk about ray bamford all day if you want like i think Okay, she's untraditional, but she's also like super tight. Like, exactly, exactly want to stand up to be tight. Yep. The writing and the acting, like, like on one hundred. 
And then yeah. what else? She's so optimistic. Yeah. How, yeah. How you find all that in one person. Like yeah. I this I agree. I'm going to tell people if two spin-up specials you got to watch. You got to watch Brett Rail retire some comedy and then <laughs> check out <laughs> and then check yeah. out Maria Bear. She doesn't need the views. She got paid by Netflix. I had to publish mine on YouTube for free. <laughs> I love that you did that though. That's such dedication. When did you know you were going to do that? Uh, I kind of knew all along that's what I wanted to do, but I still shopped it around and I sent it to literally everyone and I got a few bites and it surprised me that I got bites because I'm not an anybody. Uh, I've said many times and I believe this to be true. I think I'm the least successful comedian ever to release an hour special. <laughs> you, I doubt it. I don't know. It's not at all. I don't have credits. Uh, I think credits are kind of invisible. I think sometimes okay. credits are like emperor's new clothes. People cling to them like it makes them better than others. And I just say, let the work sure. speak for itself. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, but I, you know, I'm not a person who wants to sit around and wait for validation or anything. Okay. I thought I had an hour. I'd been working on it for many years on the road. I had an idea oh, for a show yeah. that made it different. It is called retires from comedy. I did retire from comedy. It's at really the, funny. At the, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, Sarah, it only gets better. I funny. swear to God. <laughs> I'm very like, I'm very happy with it, regardless of any results or visibility it gets. Of course you want that, but I'm like, I'm always will know I was proud of it. And I made exactly what I wanted to make at the time I made it. We only had one show to shoot it too. And wow. uh, this is why I was, this is one of this. It came back to me, the point I wanted to make. Um, first off, only one show. Most stand-up tapings, they tape like four shows and they combine the best of them. But we only have right. one because I don't have the budget. And yeah. then, uh, or the ability to draw a second crowd. Um. Also, it's, it's, it's ball. I don't know. It's just very cool to only have one shot. Yeah. Like the energy that that brings to you. It's higher stakes. It's higher stakes. Uh, and um, the other thing was, is I didn't tell anyone I was filming a special. When the tickets, I didn't say special taping. I didn't tell anyone on stage. I've been to tapings before. They always say to the crowd, this is a taping. So we need like laugh big. They And I, I wanted to just say. I'm just, done with comedy. I, <laughs> just like the premise of you quitting comedy too is like funny for the audience to be like, because like the stakes are odd for them. Stakes are high and they go, why, you know, it's weird stakes. Like I've never experienced, like, especially it's funny cause you're young, you know? <laughs> well, I, I tell people it's the comedy tragedy of the year. Um, oh, I told people you can come to the show and you can watch a man say uncle on his dreams. That's funny. <laughs> it's uh, but there's a reason I retired. The reason is in the special Sarah Summerlin. You ready for the elevator pitch? Yeah. This is the only comedy special with the only comedy special with a spoiler alert, a wardrobe change, a retirement announcement, and heavy Michael Bublé presence. So if that doesn't make you want to tune in, what can? I'm in salesman Michael mode. I'm sorry. Michael Bublé. You know what? Anytime I like a song by Michael Bublé, I feel guilty. Why? I don't know. He's just corny, isn't he? Corny. Let me see what kind of songs he has. I have a counterpoint. And I said, here's my counterpoint. Never feel guilty for liking a song because you're projecting how you think you should feel about taste and like how society views taste. 
Oh, he's corny as hell. Yeah. I mean that yeah, he's he's so corny. But also <laughs> but like who cares? Like corny shit is good too. We need that as much as we need Paul Simon writing a great, you know, really thoughtful song. We need oh, it all. We need really we need Lizzo, you know, writing about how she's hundred percent that bitch. And then we need yeah. No, Some you're right. Singer-songwriter trying to write something that, because uh, both of them make you feel. Dude, I could not agree more, to be honest with you. This is honestly my all, like, my point. Okay, just real quick before we talk about what I want to talk about, that picture of him. Wow. Mm. So I have always thought it's funny how people are really into, like, diversity is, like, a political choice, because I'm like, it's actually just interesting. Like I am a curious person who likes to hear from all kinds of people. Uh, Yeah. Why wouldn't there be all kinds of people at the show? Um, And I know this because I, when I first started in comedy, I I didn't really like my first year of material because it felt too like, I was like, why do I have five minutes? It's like all about sex and dating. And I was like, oh, because I've been performing at the Creek. So Mm -hmm. it's like the Creek is full of guys who hate themselves who love to hear me talk about that and then when i am trying out material first year that's like less desirable for those guys and definitely not at all as like uh what's the evocative for them Mm -hmm. it's i'm not getting reinforced to continue that material but then when i went to women's rooms or like non-binary rooms i often felt like i was getting laughs merely for my identity how, like a guy mean? at the creek. <laughs> well, you know what? It's like we're all alike. We're all alike. That that like group think energy. Yeah. It's like not even like those women or those people were malevolent or evil. It was just like I've always enjoyed performing for people who are either different than me or mixed crowds because then you can't really rely on anything. Like when I'm around a bunch of girls, it's easy to shit talk men. When I'm around a bunch of men, it's easy to just talk about sex and dating. So it's like, if the crowd is mixed in many ways, then I really, as a performer, like can't really rest on any identity Mm. uh, relationship with the audience. So I always find diverse lineups and audiences to be the best for comedy. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. Like, uh, especially as far as the, I mean, the only times it's frustrating is when it feels tokenizing, but the reality is right. like, if you have a lineup of eight white guys and I, as a white guy, you're clearly just not, I don't know. It's almost like you'd be intentionally not <laughs> like it's just a lot of motherfucking I mean, comics of all types of races and shit and identities. So they're out there. You maybe have it's to, easier yeah. as a white guy to be a token who's good because then you feel actually very valuable and you get to stand out from the rest of the lineup. Sure. So it's, I mean, that's how I feel when I'm like, oh shit, I'm the only one of this type. It's harder for me. Getting on a lineup with all brunettes would be difficult. I mean, I will do it, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like if we all have like the- off of Brooklyn. Sarah, I like that justification. The reason I want diversity as a white guy so i stand out (laughs) i'm the minority too here (laughs) hey yeah we can all be a token 
Yeah, no. I, I know this also because I've worked in tech as a token before. And I've worked as a in woman tech. or thank you for asking. There are many other things I could be tokenized for. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Honestly, just that. I'm aware. I was like, well, I know women in tech is definitely a phrase I've heard before. So I will That's defer hard. to you on what that's like. Uh... Yes, so I worked with a bunch of men for years and I worked with literally only women for a year and a half. Okay. So I've experienced like hyper gendered environments and guess what? I hated both of them. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. It's, uh, do you think there's, I mean, it's intentionally that way or what, how do you, just to go on that, why did you hate hypergendered environments? I hated it because when there's not enough diversity, there becomes groupthink, like I said, but also like the women one in particular was annoying because it was like progressive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like I, I know how to like, because I anticipate men screwing me over, I know how to be like, to punch up with men and like negotiate with men and like argue with men. But because I was so elated to work with women, I like had this like sense of trust that I actually think uh, was used against me in a way like, oh, like we're not like the other guys, but they were because it's a business. And I should have been a little more thoughtful, like, oh, just because we're all girls doesn't mean. Yeah we're not sharks. Like, I think if anything, like I should know women for real can be just as sharky in different ways or in the same ways as guys can be. And yeah. that's very empowering. Like my, my brand of feminism is that women are trash as well. And you cannot take that from me. I am garbage. I, I couldn't agree more. Not that you, <laughs> not that you are garbage. All I right. mean, I really do hate resent the idea of just like pedestalizing women i also don't love like the idea of like just straight pedestalizing people of color just because they're that right it's 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 also not a right way to look at it you're you're not viewing them as like just a normal equal person you're putting them it's disrespectful in an attempt to be so progressive like progressive you're like that's a fucking guy that's a woman. It don't matter. Like, yeah. yeah. And also, and also you're doing a thing where you're a little bit l- focusing more on the, the things of the uncontrollables of their birth rather than just who they individually are as a person. Like, I know. like Wait, you know, no. they, yeah, it's a black woman, but it could also be your friend, Monica. And what I is know. she into? Like, <laughs> I bet she isn't. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I couldn't agree more. I, it's so true because like that's that's always how it felt to be a token like when they had me interviewing I was like randomly put on a team to interview an engineer in the mostly male workplace it's like a team of five engineers interviewing a new engineer I'm the only woman interviewer and I'm the most junior woman mm-hmm. uh, of the interviewers and I was never asked ahead of time I'm interested in interviewing it was like like lead android dev lead devops dev, like leads all the leads and then me who was like mid-level but the thing was like i had no time to prepare to interview usually i would want to prepare how i'm going to interview someone it was like it didn't matter how i interviewed them and it was like oh why doesn't it matter how i interview them oh because i'm not interviewing them like i'm being used as a branding tool for the company so that they know there's a talkative white woman there that they could talk to if they choose to join a company. It felt and like I they were like, 
and they were using my neurotokinizer for me. And like, the thing is, like, you can't call out a tech company on that. I mean, you can, but like, they're so decimal, so they don't, they don't even realize what they're doing wrong. Like, we're giving them an opportunity to have power in the workplace. I'm like, yeah, but like, for what reasons? Because I'm good or because like, I'm going to help you with trying I think we all know that the primary thing is the latter because otherwise you would have let me prepare on how I was going to interview him. They just wanted so, to trot you out to show like, see, woman, see. Look, good on her hind leg. I hate it. On your hind leg. <laughs> I'm just as mediocre as any guy and I don't want anyone to forget it. That's, yeah, no, I... It's a very, uh, it's kind of interesting because I feel like if you make the extreme version of conservative and liberal, here's what I feel like they are. The extreme, like the polarized point, conservative people, they actually like uh, the well-meaning ones do, they want to exist in like a post-racial world. Like I don't see color and your race doesn't matter. And that is, that is true. That is, but it's wrong because it's society has seen color and like laws and shit see color. So it's, we're not post-racial, like, right. But, and then liberals sometimes, sorry, go ahead. We're not post-gender. We're not post-race. We're not post-sexuality. And we never will be because diversity is always going to come up naturally. So like being quote beyond something like that doesn't really make sense it's very hard because also people are naturally tribalistic. Naturally, yeah. the more people who look like them. I actually don't think that that an impulse is anything ethical. I think it's kind of maybe like a bug in the, in the hardware where it's like, I relate more to people who look and talk like me because I look and talk like this and I understand me-ish. And communication is so hard in general, even with people who look and talk like you, that it's like, you know, I got plenty of disagreements with women who look like me. And yeah. then like, imagine if I have like a different way of like, you know, some like the gender norms where women are more submissive and sweet and men are more aggressive. It's funny, like men are aggressive with each other almost as a sign of respect. And I do it too with them. But then I actually have tried to do that with women. And I, and I feel like I actually end up apologizing a lot and that they feel attacked. But it's like, damn, like if I've just spent so many, so much time with people who argue pretty aggressively, like because they're because they're trying to figure something out and like that's just the communication style so it's like anyway i just totally understand that things are always going to be diverse they're always going to be diverse so the answer is not to like be post anything it's like just to be present kind of and like accept that it's different or whatever yeah no exactly and yeah the post it's almost like conservatives will deny that they're in an attempt to just be like, whatever, we're all, what it's, you're like, well, we're not because the laws and general yeah. culture, but I think the problem, the, the bad angle on the liberal focus or the hyper progressive when it's taken too far is what we've talked about, which is like the tokenizing aspect. And so being like deferential, like you are like a beautiful creature and yeah. it's just like you're a person experience running a show where I had booked a photographer, another white woman to photograph my show. The show is called Everyone's a Pussy and it had a bunch of women on it. Love it. <laughs> Love the title. Um, Everyone's a Pussy. Great title. Opportunity insult. Um, <laughs> and, and compliment in my opinion. 
Yeah. You know, the day before she canceled on me was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't do the show. I yeah. Like, oh, that's okay. It happens. And then I saw like, oh, for some reason, like her story used to always come up on my Instagram. I think she blocked me from her story. I looked the next day and she instead is photographing like a woman of color show in Brooklyn mm -hmm. instead of mine. I guess mine was the racist one or something. I don't know, but it, it pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it pisses you off mainly because it's like someone last honest. minute canceling. It yeah. Was, she last minute canceled and then she wasn't honest. I actually, if she had just been honest with me, like, oh, I think this is more important to shoot. I, I would have maybe disagreed with her, but I wouldn't have been as like angry. I get it. Yeah. Let bygones be bygones. Like I get angry one moment and I let it go the next. But like this conversation does remind me of this thing where it's like, well, well, which is worse? The fact that you were <laughs> unprofessional, dishonest, or that I just merely exist. <laughs> I literally just am out here existing, trying to run a show alone. Whether it was like the first show I ever self-produced and hosted alone. That's tough. It's yeah. hard to do. It's yeah, hard when your photographer cancels on you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, juggling a lot of plates. But it's okay. It's fine. It's I have so to leave right now. I got to go ban a woman of color podcast real quick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My face. <laughs> You're the perfect helmet show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they wanted me to speak about what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i something i liked about your special i watched like 10 15 minutes this morning yes keep amping the number it started at five seven minutes now it's 10 15 yeah <laughs> i'll just kidding i don't remember what you said actually no by the end of it you're like i watched the first three hours it's longer <laughs> than lord of the rings <laughs> no i watched it it was cool it you mentioned my favorite restaurant buffalo wild wings, wild wings. Right? yeah Hell yeah. It's your, that's your favorite restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, go, why? How come? Family friendly atmosphere. It has an app. It has rewards. I'm friends with the bartender named Rico. I like that people go with their friends. I like that people go on dates. I like sports because I don't understand them. I like that perspective. Most people go, <laughs> I don't like a thing that I don't understand. And you oh, go, I also oh. hot wings. You love hot wings. Favorite food since I was seven. I had them at Applebee's the first time. What level or what highness of spicy do you go to? I'm sure Cla they're classic Buffalo. I'm not trying and I'm not mild. I'll go if the, there's a heat level. I'm definitely tending towards like right of center, AKA hot. Right but of I'm center. Not <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like I'm that. I'm not ever going to go like, oh, yeah, please give me the ghost pepper because I'm trying no, to. No, I have mind. deeply conservative uh, oh, really? uh, red state views toward hot wings. That's how far to the right I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like them really hot? I'm Q. I'm Q from QAnon. That's how hot oh, I like them. Did you know no. people think Trump, by the way? People think Trump is like behind QAnon. Oh, God. God, oh God, it's, I just, yeah, we don't have to talk about that, but, um, let's keep going on the Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings is a, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny hearing you say it. Cause like, I feel like the classic B-dub lover is a, I mean, it's like a, it's a youthful startup-y looking white guy. And that's funny. No, you know what I, I mean? A good guy or whatever, but. Um, Do you like having, I don't love having TVs and bars to be honest. Do. 
I love is all the TVs everywhere and I love all the sports going on. Dude, it's made of the the walls are made of screen. It's like you know what? Okay, so like, one time I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, I asked them to put on The Bachelor, and I made the argument nice. that the Bachelor was a form of sports. Good argument. It absolutely is. I, I couldn't <laughs> agree more. They're I, trying to win the girl and they're they're yeah. hyper masculine and they have to show feats of strength. Yep. It's com- competition. It's they're competing to win the prize, which is the woman. That show, it's weird when the first episode, I watched the first episode of The Bachelorette this past year. Mm-hmm. It's like so weird that they're like, Claire, I love Claire. You're like, <laughs> you, haven't even, you haven't even met this woman. Like, I what know. do you love? You, I know. You know, I, I would, know. I would, I, I know they have to do that and the producers encourage that because it's screen time and it's, like it's the narrative of the show is like I want to be with you, but like if I were on that show too, it'd be like I don't freaking know if I want to marry you. Like you're, they like the idea of being picked by someone who is wanted. Yeah, Obviously, it's a pretty woman smart. and all that, but yeah. But also, they it's funny too because that show used to be more real, like before social media. It's funny to watch, like you care for the right reason. It's always been like a fa- classic conceit of the bachelor yeah and it was always real but like back before social media you didn't have as much to gain now oh. it's on your instagram right away and your instagram will blow up you're guaranteed probably hundreds of thousands of followers if you just and then you can tested. then you can just start selling fucking Anything. mops and whatever branded energy drinks content yeah five thousand dollars a post type of shit yeah. Oh, and yeah. it is, it's so gross too. Like, it's funny because they finally have like a woman of color lead, which is great. I mean, they've had one before. Rachel was awesome. But like the guys they pick are still so stereotypical. Like they're not, it, it, even in terms of like race, like there's just zo- zero diversity in terms of the kind of guy or the kind of girl. It's always like, which version of a Barbie and a Ken gets to be on national television to like, it, I mean, I just think it's such a fraudulent idea that it's like diverse. It's like regarding shit, like you can't regarding like race, maybe, but like all those guys are like six, three and like yoked and like, they all look like this, you know, like they're not, they're not yeah. normal guys. And the girls yeah. too are like Barbies. Right. Well, so, I mean, it makes sense. It's like a most, <laughs> the most mainstream show. And yeah, like they, they're just trying to have the classic leading man, classic leading woman. Like, I guess you know what it is too. It's like aesthetics in general have become on hyperdrive ever since social media. Like, if you look at the people they casted and like when the show first started, you'd be like, "Wow, how those ugly people get on TV?" And they're not ugly. It's just that the, the the bar for like aesthetic pleasure is like crazy now. It's like TikTok, you know, where these like hot teens and stuff. I know I love it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's supposed to be the worst time. Why are all these teens so hot on TikTok? It's weird. That shit is so weird. Where uh, I, I just, I just think it's weird to perform for the internet in that way. I don't know. I think the internet brings a lot of like stuff out of us that maybe is not always the best in service of trying to win the content. <laughs> That's a funny you know, way to say what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. It's very coded. But I understand I, it. I, I, <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, I'm going to be hosting, you know, Brett Raywald's Engage-a-thon 2020. Just <laughs> engage.